Washington football team. I picked the Washington football team to win. He picked a tie and the football team won. And I'm back again. Another dub, two in a row. And now I'm going to try to get 500 with these playoffs. What's up? Good. How you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you. Welcome back, everyone. And it's time for Anticipation Nation. Yes, sir. All right, so we're in episode 11 already, and we got the playoffs coming up here. Now, in the playoffs, man, oh, man, you cannot slack off at all, and Green Bay's got to really check that as well. Uh, you can, you got to make sure that you're giving your best every play. And also what I really love about the playoffs is that the players who you never hear of they will all of a sudden just come out of no. See, with, with the playoffs, it's just anything can happen, which is just insane. Back, Thomas. Back. <laughs> oh, you're good. You're good. Yeah. So I was just talking to everyone about how, like, anybody can be such an important factor in the game. And names you never hear of will come out of nowhere. And hey, if you're. Teams up by <laughs> if your team's up by twenty one or more, yeah, don't don't think, oh let's go, we're moving on. Yeah, you're not oh, moving absolutely on. Absolutely not. You need to make sure the game ends and you need to make sure that you are in control of the whole game. Because if you give up a touchdown, boom. Just like that, they can come back. Look at the the Chiefs, and I believe it was, I want to say the Texans, but that's probably, no. It was the, yeah, the Chiefs and some other team. Chiefs were down by 21 points, and boom. Just like that, they came back and won the game. Yep. All right, so let's, let's get started here. So we got the number seven Colts going against the number two Bills, an AFC wild card matchup Saturday on CBS at 12.05. The Colts beat the Jags 28-14. to Jonathan Taylor uh, got 253 yards, two touchdowns, and 8.4 yards per carry. Uh, the Colts cruised into the playoffs with that W. They needed it, and they got it. Colts' defense is not cruising for the passing yards, though. Their defense, yards per attempt, is 21st in giving up yards. And yards per game, they're 20th in touchdowns, 12th, which is... Okay, 12 is pretty good, like top 15, that's okay, you know. But we're going to really get into these stats, Thomas, because this is a lot mm -hmm. of good stuff. And a lot of these teams right now are probably watching the footage of the other team, and they're looking at the analytics on all that, the gen stats and all that stuff. And I'm really just going to be digging deep into these stats. Uh, so they give the, Col the Colts give up a lot of big chunk plays. They've given up 53 completions of 20-plus yards which is 23rd in the NFL, but for passer rating against the QBs, 12th in rating, 15 interceptions, they're tied for 7th, and when it's 3rd down, 
uh, for their opponents, 42.4% of the time they stopped them, which is 19th. Now, keeping teams out of the end zone, the, the end zone, the red zone is at the 20-yard line to the touchdown. And red zone, if you get a field goal, you know, you, you stop them, basically. I mean, yeah, they get a field goal, but it's more important to get that touchdown when you're driving the ball down the field. They're keeping teams out of the paint 61.5% of the time, which is 15th in the NFL, advantage over the Bills. But then compare those numbers here to these. 3.7 yards per carry, which is second in the NFL, and 90.5 yards per game, which is also second with Jonathan Taylor leading the way. He is very, very good. And if he can run this, this ball through the Bills' defense, the Colts could possibly win the game here. And they're going against this Bills team who beat up the Dolphins 56-26. Josh Allen was only in the game for three quarters. That's it. This is the, per the first playoff home game since 1996. Oh, boy. Got to be excited about that. Yeah, that's a lot. Of the Bills are really excited to see that. Allen, 284 yards per game, which is first in the NFL, 69.2% completion. And then let's talk about the weapons here. Stephon Diggs, he has 127 receptions, who is he's first. And he's first in passing and receiving yards, 1,535. Now, Allen has 66 completions of 20-plus yards. So we will probably see Allen going deep a lot of the times against this Colts team. He is ranked fourth in that spot. Now, Bill's offense is just best at keeping their drives going, 49.7%. They're 18th in play action attempts. They're second. And Bill's pass defense on third down rating is fifth. Now, we're, we're going to talk about, for this podcast, it's going to be a little different. We're going to talk about what each team needs to do in order to get a dub, because there's only six games today, uh, this week. So, let me start you off. Thomas, what do you think the score is going to be, and what do you think each team has to do to get this dub? Right. So, I have the Bills winning this one with a score prediction of 35-28. Um, I'm a big believer in Josh Allen and company. They've won six straight, and it actually would be ten straight if it weren't for the Hale Murray, as it's been called all year. Yeah, John Hopkins late in the game. Yeah, but other than that, they'd be riding on a ten-game win streak. Um, but this Colts team, as you're saying, like they're kind of up and down. They they have strengths and weaknesses. But I think a dangerous team is T.Y. Hilton's finally starting to make an impact down the road. Um, all five of his touchdowns on the year has been in the last six weeks. So he's finally starting to get involved. Seems to finally be clicking with Phillip Rivers. So that'll be something the Bills will have to defend. And Jonathan Taylor has also really found his group with seven touchdowns over the past four weeks, including 253 yards Latin, like in week 17. So... He's been finding his footing, too, and going along. This is one of my favorite matchups of the week. I think, like, like I said, I think the Bills narrowly get away with this one. I think playing at home helps, even though it helped more if they could get the entire Bills Mafia in there, unfortunately. Un not possible there's a pandemic. They'll get some in there. But I think the, like, as far as for how each team is going to win here, um, I think the Colts, as I said, Josh Allen, the Bills, they're huge on these big chunk plays. It's an explosive <laughs> offense. Um, I think the Colts either need to get to Josh Allen or disguise their coverages and work on jumping those routes. Because said they have 15 picks on the year, they're going to need at least one or two to keep Josh Allen out of the end zone. So, and, and Josh Allen has shown all year he can put the ball wherever from wherever. 
but he can't get it anywhere if he's on the ground. So the Colts can get good pressure, or they can disguise their coverages to bait him into some picks. That'll keep them in it. The Bills, on the other hand, um, I think when it comes to playoff football, like kind of year, the weather's getting colder, and no matter how much you can pass it through the air all year, you gotta be able to run the ball in the playoffs. So I think in this game, it's not make or break, but I think they can get Zach Moss and Devin Singletary to produce churn out yards on the ground to keep their drives going, especially in this colder weather games. I think Josh Allen can do so much, but you need, need to be able to run. So if those two can get involved, whatever split backfield they have going. If one guy's hot, just ride the hot hand. I think they need to get some more production out of those two. Yeah, you had talked about with Moss and Singletary, they really weren't able to run the ball really well at all this whole year until the end of the year, kind of. Moss had a nice mm-hmm. run. Singletary had a nice gain on that play. But, I mean, I don't think the Bills are going to win this game through their run. I, I do not right. see that happening. The guy has to go for the pass. Like, as I said, Stephon Diggs leading the NFL in rushes and uh, – not rushes, I'm sorry, receiving yards mm-hmm. and receptions. I mean – so the Bills, if they just get the ball to Diggs more, because running's not going to do you good at all. Because for the Colts, though, like, look, at Jonathan Taylor, you said 254 rushing yards last week. That's insane. Get the ball to him more. Make, make sure you're protecting Phillip Rivers if you're not protecting him. I mean, because they've been having a lot of troubles with that lately, not being able to protect quarterback. Phillip Rivers got sacked like six times in the last uh, two games, which is on average, three sacks a game, but still, you want to make your like not even at all giving getting quarterback to the ground. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say Bills are gonna win this game as well. Bills are gonna win this game, 35-31. I think it's gonna be a bit nail biter, but I don't think that the Colts defense can stop Allen and Diggs, especially Diggs. I mean, the Bills can't really run the ball at all mm-hmm. against. But if you're getting the the ball into the hands of Stephon Diggs, who is number one in a lot of things. I think you'll be chilling. And I think Josh Allen will have just an amazing day with Diggs. Cole Beasley as well. Like, he almost had a – did you see he almost had 1,000 yards? Yeah, this is this is arguably one of the best receiver duos in the NFL. It's very very slept on. Obviously, everyone knows Stephon Diggs is having a great year. But you can't unless – yeah, like, sort of Devontae Adams with the Packers. But there's some, there's some receivers that are, like, standalone going off. But most of the time, great – but, uh, seasons happen when you have another good receiver that's drawing attention away from yourself. So those two have been like feeding off each other all the years. But yeah, like you said, really underrated and spectacular to watch. Yeah, we really didn't hear much of like you don't hear many people talking about Cole Beasley. Nope. But then when you watch the highlights, oh my gosh, this man is all over the place. Yeah, he had, like yards that one day. So I mean. Yeah, Bills win this game. I don't see it's going to be a good game, though. Bill is going to a couple touchdowns as well. Then I don't think the Bills will be able to stop Jonathan Taylor. But right. Bills' lack is the run game, but I don't think that's going to hurt them. I got Bills winning this game. Next game we got here is the number three Seattle Seahawks going against the number six Rams. The Seahawks came back and beat the 49ers 26 to 23 to get that number three spot. Wilson had a rushing touchdown, and Lockett found the end zone as well. This game will be on 340 on Fox. Check your local listings as the Rams visit the Seahawks. Now, when in the playoffs, when teams are about to face the Seahawks, everyone is freaking out because, one, the crowd level is insane. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's insane, but with COVID, 
There's not going to be many people there. Do you think that will have an impact maybe on uh, the Seahawks being able to do well on defense? Because remember, last year, they were the best defense, and everyone hated to go to their hometown to play because their, their crowd was so loud, teams would have to call timeouts even, which really helped the Seahawks spot. But do you think that this will have an impact with the crowd being gone? Um, I think that's huge. I know, actually, this is the first year in, I don't know if it's actual history, a really long time at least, that there actually were more road wins than home wins. It was 128 wins on the road, 127 wins at home, and then one tie in there. So the crowd not being there is obviously shown to be a factor this year. And I think, yeah, that's the biggest thing in the last 10 years, you know, got to go face, you know, like even back, like throw back a few years back to when they had the Legion of Boom and the 12th man at the same time. They they just had a defense that would just crush you, take the ball away from you, and their 12th player on the stand would be going crazy the whole time. So I think you're totally right that it really kind of takes up home advantage as far as in the playoffs when I know teams are really trying to get fans in there, but with COVID going on, it's just not going to be as strong as it has been in the past. Yeah, I mean, that is just one of the things that the CLCX are known for with the best yep. defense. Well, look at this year now. They're ranked in like the top the 20s or something, which is really bad, you know? Yeah, they were horrible early on. Yeah, they, they were, bro. They, they were giving up so many points. I never remember the Seahawks giving up so many points. And Russell Wilson, yes, he looks he's good, good. He's got 40 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 105.1 rating. Yes, those numbers look great. But can, if you guys watch the highlights from him from the last like three weeks, he does not look set in the pocket. He does not. He's rushing the ball a lot. He's making really bad throws when he's not supposed to. He is he he's better, a little better maybe than last. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't know if I can say that even. Like he, to me, I think he just did worse this year. I would have to compare the numbers. I think Wilson had like maybe forty-three touchdowns or something like that. Fewer picks. I know that for sure. But man, oh man, he just does not look comfortable. And when he scrambles out of the pocket. He has not been doing a lot of that lately either. He used to do that all the time and make all those teams mad because he could just outrun them. But now he's not able to. I mean, and he's got so he's got Lockett, though, who has 100 receptions on the dot, 1,054 yards and 10 touchdowns. But then if you can cover Lockett, that's good. But then you also got to cover Metcalf, who has 83 receptions, 1,303 yards and 10 touchdowns. And I know, I think one of one of my guests talked about it, is DK Metcalf better than Lockett? And uh, the, the numbers weren't, I looked at the numbers, and Metcalf actually has more yards than Lockett. They have yeah. both touchdowns the same, but Metcalf actually has more receiving yards. Lockett has more targets, which is kind of insane. But I'm really excited because this matchup between Jalen Ramsey and Metcalf shall be just amazing. In the first two games against the Rams, Metcalf only got combined 87 yards. Uh, the Seahawks offense has allowed only 11 sacks. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's just leading the pack. 45 tackles, 13.5 sacks in the year. And then Leonard Floyd as well for the Seahawks, 10.5 sacks. It's going to be hard to stop him from getting the golf. Wilson got sacked 48 times, so his offense, not the best. As we just nope. talked about, they are not doing the best. That is tied for 27th. But their defense had 46 sacks, so it should be a thrill to watch and see which QB will have the most time in the pocket and be able to throw the ball. And 
it is all about that time. Every second counts. Right when the quarterback takes the snap, he's going to have at least maybe three seconds, maybe two, to be able to throw the ball before he gets sacked. Uh, Jamal Adams might play. He will be a game-time decisions. And, but, and Seattle has allowed the second most yards per game. Compared yep. to last year, they were the best defense ever. And I just cannot believe what has just happened to these Seattle Seahawks. They have just fallen apart. Uh, they're going against this Rams team who beat the Cardinals 18-7. to uh, They didn't either starting quarterback. They did not start full, uh, Foles. No, they didn't start Goff. Foles is on the Eagles. It was all about their defense, which is first in passer rating, first in yard, giving up yards per game, good for them, and first in yards per attempt. So every time the QB throws the ball, they're first in that. Uh, to Russell Wilson, the first, the, they allowed only... 57.0 passer rating. The QBR rating for Russell Wilson when both these teams met. But then uh, Russell Wilson played again. He got over 100 rating. You know, you just might have a bad game. But the, the Rams give no mercy to a QB. They have, listen to this, 53 sacks, which is second. They have 101 QB hits, which is eighth. And, like, I talked about Donald and Leonard with them just combined. With only two people, 24 sacks between those two. So if they're able to stop him, that is going to be hard. It is going to be hard to stop Aaron Donald. I mean, he is just a man. Have you seen these highlights of him? He is, is insane. Oh, yeah. So they're, they're just a powerhouse, I would say. Uh, Goff will be back probably. Uh, his numbers are not that great. Only 20 touchdowns, 13 picks, 90.0 rating. And Cooper Cup. Only had three of those scores, uh, but had 92 receiving yards, 92 receptions on 974 yards. Woods got a touchdown as well, 936 yards on 90 receptions. And Jared Goff, we will we will see a lot of play action from him. They are ranked 18th in play action. And, I mean, I talked about the crowd's going to be buzzing, but it's not going to be buzzing but I mean, despite that, not because that's a major impact, but despite that happening, I can still see the Seahawks sneaking this one in. I got the Seahawks winning this game 28-25. How about you? Um, yeah, I got the Seahawks winning 21-13, pretty similar to you. Um, round three for those matchups, I think the score stays low since here since the teams really know each other. And as far as Goff goes, I'm keeping tabs on this because he is just two weeks removed from thumb surgery on his throwing hand. So he was out last week that broken thumb. And McVay has wisely not been like sharing any streak on whether or not he's going to be available this week. Uh, as far as the practice reports go, I'm looking at it now. He was listed as limited every day. Like, oh, sorry, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, limited, 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 and then questionable for game time. So I, I think it's doubtful they place. I mean, to have thumb surgery on your throwing hand probably makes it a little harder to throw the ball. But even with Goff healthy and throwing the ball 43 times their last matchup, they didn't score a single touchdown in a game that Seahawks won 20-9. So I think the Rams' offense just struggled at the end of the year. But, no, their defense has been very good, like you said. They've been outstanding. And the Seahawks' defense is getting better to match that effort. But I think, like you said, how Russell's kind of felt uneasy and uncomfortable uh, especially towards the end of the year here, their offense started to sputter. I think this one, I think he gets his head straight. I think he kind of gets his swagger back a little bit and, and at least gets a few clutch touchdowns, and that's all they'll need to win this game. 
As far yeah, as yeah, you don't know really about the Rams except for Jared Goff, Cooper Cousin, Robert Woods. Mm-hmm. We don't really hear much of Gerald Everett, but those are the the three factors. I mean, oh well, Cam Akers as well too. But their run game has been picking up lately, which can also help against the Seahawks team, who is not very good at the run. I I, I think I said that number late, uh, earlier. But yeah, I'm I'm still gonna go with Ox here. He'll he'll get back on track. Yep. All right, we got number five Buccaneers going against the number four football team. Yes, the football team first oh, year yeah. being called the football team, and they made it in the playoffs. Yeah, so that's, that's their name, the football. Oh, they'll come up with a better name next year. I hope. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, uh, if, if it works, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Sorry, what? So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They got in the playoffs with the Washington football team. I know their owner at one point this year was like, it's kind of a retro look. Maybe we'll keep it. And everyone's like, what on earth? <laughs> so I, I don't see them keeping it, but it'd, it'd be fun if they did. It'd be crazy. I mean, if they, if they win the Super Bowl, then I would keep it. <laughs> oh, okay. So on NBC, seven fifteen Saturday, the Bucks beat the Falcons. Brady had four passing touchdowns. Godwin and Antonio Brown, man, they've been scoring a lot lately. They both got a touchdown again as the Buccaneers beat the Falcons 44 to 27. Now for the Buccaneers, this is their first playoff appearance since 2007. Good for them. Uh, it helped a lot that Brady was here. Otherwise, I don't think they would have made it. Um, Brady has 67 completions of 20-plus yards, and he loves to go deep. And that is third in the NFL. Brady threw 40 touchdowns, 12 picks, 102.2 QBR rating. Now, these these Bucks are just making a name for themselves, okay? We got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski. Yes, I know some. a lot of you Buccaneers fans are like, why did they get the ball more to Gronk? Why did they do that more, like like a couple of years ago? Well, I'll tell you, because the coach was talking about how they're just using him, just kind of part time kind of thing. But the playoffs, man, I this is one of the teams that could possibly make it to the Super Bowl with Rob Gronkowski, like gonna be able to be targeted more. If he gets targeted more, I think he will for sure. Because mm-hmm. he has not been really. He's had a couple touchdowns, yes. But he's not been targeted as the usual Gronkowski is targeted, you know. But you, you got here. Mike Evans, 70 receptions, 1,006 receiving yards, 13 touchdowns. Um, Mike Evans will probably suit up this week. They don't know yet, but he's probable. Godwin had 65 receptions, 840 yards, and 7 touchdowns. And then you got Antonio Brown, who has been so hot lately. 45 receptions, 483, and four touchdowns. He got hot towards the end of the year. He scored four times in the last three games. He'll probably continue that streak. And then Gronk had seven touchdowns, 623 yards. And I feel like they're just going to target him more. He's such a big guy. He's so hard. He's like a, excuse me, he's like a George Kittle kind of, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Gronk's more built, though, but I, 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 and it's going to be harder to bring down. But I just, I just didn't see the Bucks scoring every drive on this game, possibly. But I mean, the Bucks score about almost every time they get in the red zone. They're third in the NFL, and Tom Brady has only been sacked a mere 
22 times. That's that's fourth best. That's just insane. And they're going against this this football team who beat the Eagles. And let's let's talk about that. Why did we? Why did the Eagles put in Nate Sudfield? I mean, yeah, it's a game. Uh, it's just a game. Doesn't matter. I mean, it's a W. It goes in your history books. But they put in a backup quarterback, and Jalen Hurts. You know, he, he was doing okay. And they put in a backup quarterback. I think it was like the second play. He threw an interception, and then uh, the, the the game was kind of close too. Like it was like a ten point game at the time. Yeah, yeah it was uh, one score at that point. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, it was like quarter. a two or, or something like that. And what did they do? They bring Nate Sudfield in again, and he fumbles the ball. Then you know, and I know a lot of Eagles fans were very, very. Uh, like, what's going on here? But let's talk about the Giants fans. The Giants fans were like, what are you doing? Oh, so many were twittering, twittering, were tweeting out on Twitter about what is going on. Sterling Shepard was very displeased. There are so many Giants fans, and and a lot of them were like, this is the first time we're rooting for you Eagles fans. You got this, you know, and they let them down by bringing in a backup quarterback. Why do you think they did that? Um... Well, I think, you know, lose that game, it doesn't mean anything if they win. If they win that game, they have the ninth pick, they lose that game, they have the sixth pick. And I think that played into that. I don't know if it was totally tanking. But I think this entire narrative changes if Sudfield comes in and doesn't suck. Because that guy's been on the team for two years. I think deep down, I think there's um, Doug Peterson wanted to get him on the field. He expressed before the game, he was like, look, this guy has been on our team for two years. He hasn't seen the field like at all. I think he kind of wanted to reward him there. But as far as in that situation, you know, in a down in a close game in the fourth quarter, Jalen Hurts was not doing well throwing the ball. He was like 7 for 20 or something like that. But he had two rushing touchdowns. Obviously, the offense is better with him in. You know, I think there is – I mean, you can make the gripe that, yeah, they were probably taking that, getting the better draft pick. Winning didn't matter anything for them. It could have been just getting subfields and playing time to feel bad for the guy. But in the end, if you're a Giants fan and you're that bitter about missing the playoffs with six wins, you're six if you're six and ten, in my opinion, you don't have a right to feel like, oh, we should have been in. No, you shouldn't have. You were you won six out of your sixteen games, you do not belong in the playoffs. Exactly. And you should not be relying on other teams to get to the playoffs. That's when you know you're exactly. a bad team. If you're relying yep. on a is to get you into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially especially with a losing record. I don't know, man. Right. Yeah, so this this football team, they beat the Eagles. They're in. Logan Thomas, every week, he just keeps on getting more dangerous every single week. Mm-hmm. Did you see that crap he made? Yeah, Logan that you can get up. <laughs> he can. He's got hops, man. He's crazy. Um, Brady has to go against the pass defense, who rates in third for QBR uh, yards per game. And this football team has given up 36 completions, which is fourth. And they give up a lot of yards. And they have 47 sacks, 97 QB hits, which is okay. But those 47 sacks, wow. And Chase Young? He could turn the tables on this game. I One player can change it all, and it could possibly be him. I don't know, though. The football team stiffens on third down when they're on defense. They're sixth in the NFL. 
for the red zone, they are fourth. That is so good, not allowing them to score a touchdown. Um, but then the run factor for the football team has been Gibson, 795 yards, uh, 4.7 yards per carry, and 11 touchdowns. But uh, he scored most of the touchdowns against really bad teams, the Cowboys, yep. Eagles. But can he do that against this really, really good, uh, this, this really, really good Buccaneers team? Um, but Alex Smith will be starting. He is 5-1 as a starter, so that's good for a football team to hear. Uh, he's going to be throwing in the lot to Terry McLaurin, who is back. 87 receptions, 1,111 yards, four touchdowns only. But I, I see them getting the ball to him a lot. Logan Thomas, though, he's going to be another big factor so the Buccaneers have to stop. 72 receptions, 670 yards, six touchdowns. He's just another big weapon. And... How about J.D. McKissick? Man, I had him on my fantasy team. This man doesn't really run the ball, but he, when he gets receptions, oh my goodness, he makes he's like a Darren Sproles out there. He makes so many cool moves, you know? He made that one catch two weeks ago where he dove in the end zone. There was a free play, and he made an insane catch while getting held as well. He has 80 receptions, 589 yards, and two touchdowns. For a run back, 80 receptions. Uh, but who do you think is going to win this game? All right, I'm going crazy. I'm saying Washington, Washington football team wins this game in final score of 26 to 24. Uh, no doubt the Bucks are better. Uh, the playoffs are all about who shows up at the right time. Uh, I think this Washington defense, like you were saying, all their stats, the top 10, a lot of categories, even top five. They can cause enough disruptions, they have sacks and turnovers, and they can shock Tom Brady and squad there. Now, this could easily be a uh, blowout victory for the Bucks, I think. But if Washington can set the tone early and establish a physical dominance on either side of the ball, either side of the line of scrimmage, I can see the Bucks getting rattled and beating themselves in kind of a fluke game. Uh, I think for each team here, Washington football team, um, if they can pressure Tom Brady, like you said, Chase Young, I don't know if you saw him after their last game, he was running up the field, like, chanting, like, singing, like, oh, I want Tom, I want Tom. And if he comes in with that sort of electric attitude, they can have, they can rattle Tom Brady, and then, like you said earlier, offensively, they can get their playmakers, like, Scary Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas, and try not to play from behind. I think they take this game, then the Bucks, on the other hand, um, they need to do it. They score early and often, they can put this out of reach quick. Um, they come out as a better team as as they are. Uh, they score in their first two drives, I think. Yeah, if, if, they, if they get clicking early and then they can just control the game, but they did. But I think Washington football team comes out, sacks early on, stuffs them on third down, can stop them, get a couple red zone stops, they win. You, you talked about how um, Chase Young said, I want Tom. Well, Bruce Arians said, tweeted, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little fun banter there going. Uh, I'm going to pick the Buccaneers on this one. I don't see them losing this game. Yes, Chase Young, he is just a beast, you know. But, I mean, the Bucs just have too many weapons. I, I don't think they'll be able to stop Gronkowski, any of these wide receivers, Scotty Miller, Godwin, Evans, and bro, I feel like this is going to be a blowout. Buccaneers win this game 35-14. to 14. Ooh, so I got a piece of history, though, as far as the coaching goes. Five years ago, a 7-8-1 Ron Rivera coached the Panthers. 
beat an 11-5 Bruce Arians coach Cardinals team. So maybe we can see the same same coaching matchup, the same situation. Ron Riverboat Ron can, might be able to pull off an upset. <laughs> Hey, hey, I, I'm rooting for the football team, but I just oh, yeah. <laughs> just out help Green Bay a lot. But I, I gotta go in bucks on this one. Sadly. Yeah, they'll, yeah they'll, they'll probably win. They, they, they won. <laughs> Next game we got is Sunday, 12:05 on ESPN. The number five Ravens against the number four Titans. Last year, the Titans surprised the Ravens and knocked them out. Going against the rush leader, Derrick Henry, Ravens have to stop their routine of giving up over 108.8 yards per game. Henry can possibly do way more. We've seen it. We saw it last week. But the Ravens rush is ranked first, though. 5.5 yards per carry, 191.9 yards per game. J.K. Dobbins, Lamar Jackson. Gus Edwards, both get over that. And man, oh man, that rush. Look, last year their pass used to be first place, but now it's their rush, and their rushing is just insane. Mark Ingram as well, you have. Uh, Jackson had 26 touchdowns, nine picks, QBR rated under 100. Uh, he's not as good as last year at all. MVP numbers not showing up. Jackson only had Four games where he had a QBR rating under 80, which is good. Mark Andrews is Jackson's go-to target. He has 58 receptions, 70, 701 yards, and a two touch, uh, five touchdowns. Uh, Mark Pease Bound led the team in yards and targets this year. 58 receptions, 769 yards, and eight touchdowns. Now, Ravens run it a lot more than they pass it, but they're running is very effective. Ravens, though, really struggle to put it in the end zone. They're 62.2%, 18th in the NFL, which is on the brink of, eh, decent, you know. Their defense has just been up and down. And their blitz rate, though, is 44% of the time. And that's pretty good. That's the first in the NFL. 39 sacks off that, 116 QB hits, QB hits tied for second, going against this Titans team, who just looks unstoppable but hey we didn't see that against green bay but they had a bad game just had to say that in there um, yeah. <laughs> got a crucial catch by aj brown to set up the upright knock-in field goal for the win to get them to be in the playoffs for sure henry is just a monster man oh man last week 250 yards rushing not receiving rushing seven Point three yards per carry and two touchdowns, 2,027 yards. He is the league rusher, crown him king. 17 touchdowns, crown him king as well. Titans defense uh, gives up 4.5 yards per carry, which is 18th, and only 11 sacks and for QB hits, which is not good going against this stellar de defense. 19 sacks, I'm sorry. So, the Ravens lost to the Titans last year. The Ravens were the the favorite Titans in the underdog. Who do you got in this game? Um, like I really like Titans just in general how they play the game. But I have the Ravens getting their revenge after that kind of almost embarrassing loss last year. You know, they were fourteen and two against the nine seven Titans. I think Ravens win this one. Uh thirty five twenty seven. Uh, I think the Ravens right now are one of the most dangerous teams in the playoffs. And they've really found themselves these last I think five weeks or so. 
Uh, earlier in the year, I think they were trying to prove that Lamar Jackson can pass, but what they need, like people need to realize, he doesn't have to. He is so dangerous on the ground that when he just runs the ball and then he can set those up, you know, over the top to Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown stuff like that. Um, recently, like I said, they just kind of said, "Screw it, we can run down anyone's throat and score both of points and beat you." And this team is built for January football, being able to run the ball like that. Um, and like you said, the Titans defense really struggled, and I think they just aren't able to contain him. But also, like as you going over it, like you know, Derrick Henry obviously, like you know, two thousand yards in the year, King Henry has been going off. This is the first time in thirty-one years. So back to Super Bowl twenty-three was the last time the top two rushing offenses in the NFL had faced each other in the playoffs. So this is just going to be a gritty game that I think the Ravens are going to win. And kind of the big key for them is they, like, kind of like I said, they've been running it more recently. They can do unleash Lamar's run game, trying to force too many passes. Their last five games, were, I think the lowest they scored was 27 points over the Giants. Every other game is like 30, 40 points. The, Lamar's past attempts, those five games, have been 17, 17, 22, 26, and 18. Now, he has thrown the ball 28 times or more, five times this year. And four of those games were his four losses. So when they kind of start panicking, start passing the ball a lot, I think if the Ravens throw the ball 20 times or less, they win. And once they establish some passes, then they can work their goal for the top. The Titans, on the other hand, kind of like how I've been saying, if they can mix up their defensive fronts, have good assignments on those read options and keep from breaking anything big, to force the Ravens into those kind of second and third and longs to try to get them to try to air it out, then I think they can ride Derrick Henry into the next round of the playoffs. But I just see the Ravens taking control here. That is crazy about that stat with Lamar Jackson. Wow. Yeah. I knew they I knew they rushed a lot, but wow, yeah. You talked about with Lamar Jackson as scrambling out of the pocket. He's gotta be doing that more. I like to see that, you know, scrambling out of the pocket, he's He's explosive, but he just has not been doing it very well this year. Or right. I, I feel like if he gets tackled a little bit, he just goes down. He's not like the Houdini like he was last year. He's good still, you know, but um, I'm going to go against you here. I'm going to go Titans with this game. I score 42-35. Lots of scoring in the game, which probably means no scoring like at all because that's always the opposite <laughs> of what I said. So, I mean – Ryan Tannehill, man, he has been so good lately. You know, and Derrick Henry, I mean, you will not be able to stop that man. Look, Thomas, you can stop him if you can stop a train from going 22 miles per hour. Then the Ravens will win this game. I did not see that happening. Derrick Henry will bowl all of his way. He'll trade wreck him. Sorry for the pun. He'll try to cut you all out of those. He will just destroy them with the run game. And this is this is going to be a great game. I am so excited for Saturday and Sunday. I'm so hyped. I've been watching uh, football videos. Getting I've been watching playoffs from last year. I've been watching all doing footage. I've been playing the NFL football theme song, you know, on my Spotify. I mean, <laughs> Just been listening to all of it, you know, having just getting ready, get hyped, bro, getting hyped for this big wild card because it's already wild card weekend, baby. But I'm gonna go Titans with this game, 
42-35. And A.J. Brown cannot be stopped as well. He made such a nice catch to set the Titans up. And did you see that doink at, on the uh, the field goal? And yeah, I was watching that happen. That was wild. I, I was like, every time a favorable doink happens, I just get so hyped. Because it's always like, you see it going towards the post, and nine times out of ten, it's just going to doink out. But like, every once in a while, it'll just help the ball through the goalpost. And that, that's what you love to see. That was that was crazy. I'm like, did, wait, is that it? Oh, it's good! Wow! I was kind of rooting for the underdog, because I don't know. I, I just wanted to. Mm. All right, next game we got should be a fun one. The number seven Bears. Yes, the Bears, not the Vikings. It's the Bears that snuck it in. Uh, going against the number two Saints. Now, the Bears lost to Green Bay, but got in because the Cardinals lost to the Rams. The Bears have lost six straight in the, to the Saints. The last win was week 15, 2008. 28 touchdowns given up in 2020 for the Bears. The Bears were eighth and third down for defense. Going against Alvin Kamara, the Bears give up 4.1 yards per carry. So two carries, you got about like almost eight, eight yards there. And Roquan Smith got injured. We do not know anything yet for the defense for the Bears. We don't know yet. Now, they're going against the Saints team who beat the Panthers. Brees had three touchdowns. He has 24 touchdowns on the year, six interceptions. Okay, numbers for Breeze. Not he didn't do the best. I mean, he came back from that injury and was kind of, eh, you know, he had some picks. He has 106.4 rating. Saints are eighth on third down, fifth in scoring touchdowns. They score on average 31.1 points per game. Taysom Hill, though, oh my goodness. And then Michael Thomas, though, only played seven games. Only 436 yards, missed the last three with an injury, and he's got 83 receptions, 756. Oh, and Alvin Kamara, though, man, he's got 83 receptions, 756 yards for receiving for Alvin Kamara. We talked about J.D. McKissick. Yeah, those are the numbers for Alvin Kamara. Kamara's way better at receiving it. He's getting, well, he's getting targeted more. Good grief. Um, so, do you see the Bears? They snuck into the playoffs, but it's been it's been since two thousand eight since the Bears have beat. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't see the Bears posing a threat. I I think they stink. I I have the Saints running forty. Thirty-one yards after the catch this year, they just need to get that man in space. Yeah, so of his what was it, seven hundred fifty-six receiving yards, twenty-five of those yards are like downfield. He has catches seven hundred thirty-one yards after the catch. Just give him space, let him go. They win the game. If the Saints win the turnover battle, don't have any bad fumbles or bad picks, anything dumb like that, they get the win. The Bears, on the other hand, they'll need kind of, kind of how they start a game against the Packers. That's going to be their. Like, their algorithm kind of to beat some of these good playoff teams, they just need to control the clock, get David Montgomery going, get touchdowns in the red zone instead of settling for field goals, get a turnover or two, and they can keep it close. But I don't see him getting that done in this game. I mean, I'm happy for the Bears that they made it. They snuck in. But 
I mean, the playoffs, you got to go against hard teams sometimes. And these Saints, look, I don't know how many times I have to say this. Anything can happen in the playoffs, but Taysom Hill is just such a vital part of this Saints team. And with Michael Timas coming back, yeah, Mm -hmm. coming back, Saints are going to win this game by a score of 30-12. to I mean... The, like, Mitchell Trubisky has got to have one of the best games he's ever had if they're going to win. Mm-hmm. And the turnovers, John Brothers, turnovers. Yes, Drew Brees has been throwing picks lately, which can kind of help the Bears out there. But uh, I still think the Saints will win this game. Our last game we got, 7.15 p.m. on NBC. The number three Steelers going against the number six Browns. Uh, the Steelers lost the Browns in a... And a big one. It was a really close too, as well. Baker Mayfield. It was on a third down, and he and Baker Mayfield ran it for one yard, or yards, and he got so hyped. And the Browns, man, oh man, they are in the playoffs, and they haven't been in the playoffs since two thousand and two. Oh boy! Yeah. Woo. Good for you, Browns. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for them, you know, because, I, you know, it's been so long since they've been there. And I just, I'm rooting for them, but I uh, I don't think they'll win. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I'm rooting for them for sure. Um, so, the for Big Ben, he is 23-2-1 career record versus the Browns. So, if that changed a lot of your guys' minds and your brackets, yeah. That's a little tip heads up there. Um, now, the Steelers, 136 QB hits. TJ Watt leading the way. 15 sacks, leads the NFL, 40.8%. And yards per game, they're third. Uh, for blitz rate, they're 40.8%. But they give up 4.3 yards per play. And 111.4 yards per game, which isn't that bad. It's that bad. 100 yards, your QB should have over 200 yards. And giving up 111 yards, that's not that bad. Uh, Browns, you know, beat the Steelers. They snuck in the playoffs. Mayfield is 108, 108.0 rating against uh, since 2002. And, like, they have allowed 26 sacks. They got ranked First by pro football, pro football, uh, some, some, um, and by the O line, their O line got ranked that. And Mayfield has twenty six touchdowns, eight interceptions, ninety five point nine rating, and it was pro football focus. That is the you know how it says PFF. I've yeah. always wondered what. <laughs> I'm like, wait, is that for fantasy football or what is that? It is pro football. Focus. So they rank them because it yeah. where it says in the break screen it says they're ranked on a PFF. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, I never knew that. I'm like, oh. Yeah, they they grade every every player on every play on every game. So they they go pretty in depth all those rankings. They do, and they have them like ranked three out of three hundred forty nine or something like that. But I'm like, that's what PFF stands for. I did not know that, <laughs> but now I do. I almost just messed it up again. So, um, and now, 
so but midfield isn't the only factor that the Steelers have to worry about. They got to worry about Jar- Jarvis Landry, and Hunt, Nick Chubb. What do you think in this game? You think the Steelers can bounce back? I mean, this Steelers team was having the legit best year any team has ever had, but then lost three games in a row, but then bounced back, but then lost another game to the Browns. Who you got here? Um, I got the Steelers winning 27-24. As much as it pains me to say it, I still think they're frauds. I still think they'll lose second round of playoffs, but I think... LeBron's first playoff appearance, like you said, in 18 years, going to be pretty short-lived. They're getting hit with more COVID right now. Stefanski is got, not going to be able to coach. I don't know what they're going to do there. I've heard people saying they should just let Belichick, Belichick coach for them and say, screw it, let him, let him run the team. So as far as that's still running rampant, their coaching staff is hurt, their locker room is hurting. Um, the Steelers almost beat them. They said it was huge for the Browns. Baker Mayfield all hype on that first down the way. But in reality, they beat the Steelers by two points when they were resting Big Ben and a couple other major starters. I think they bring those key starters back. They can get this done. If like Kelly said, you got to worry about you know Nick Chubb and that run, that running game. The Steelers, they're 11 on year on run defense. I think you mentioned that. I think they'll need to keep that up. They want to win. They're going to have to stop that run game. And if the Browns want to win this game, they're going to need a big day out of Baker, who has been up and down, over obviously, over his career. But it's fun to watch when he's good, and they're going to need those explosive plays offensively. Um, the last thing that almost made me change my mind that I just heard, I'm just going to get straight from part of my take, another, another podcast I listened to, but they, they informed me that the Super Bowl this year is on the one-year anniversary of the Cleveland Browns mascot, the dog named Swagger. It's the one-year anniversary of Swagger's death. So their mascot died a year ago on this, like, the date of the Super Bowl is this year. So it's destiny for them to go all the way and win the Super Bowl in the one-year one anniversary of their dog dying. But I don't think that'll be quite enough to get them anywhere. <laughs> well, rest in peace to their mascot. All right. Appreciate all the work you've done with that. Um, <laughs> I, I got the Steelers win this game as well. They win in 2017. And the only reason why the Browns won that game, that should have been a blowout of a game. Mason Rudolph was the quarterback for the Steelers. Yeah, exactly. And he made it very close. He made it very, very close. But Steelers, Steelers win this game for sure. I, I don't see them losing this uh but I think they'll lose the next round, I would say. Yeah, they're frauds. I stand by that. <laughs> well, end on that note. <laughs> well, everyone, thanks for watching. Anticipation. Nation. Anticipation Nation. Now it's over. Please don't cry. I will be back next week and ready, because time, time will fly.